Hey guys, so welcome to episode 50 of Anime Declassified, and also our first episode with us um, doing it on Twitch. I don't think we've done one of these on Twitch yet, so welcome to the first ever live Anime Declassified podcast, and we're also here celebrating uh, episode 50 of our podcast, which is a pretty big deal, I would say, because honestly, when I began, when we began this podcast, it was just me and Kara uh, talking about Sword Art Online, and we were really new to the podcast world. We didn't really know a lot about how to set this stuff up or anything. Um, and I mean, I know it took us six years to get to 50 episodes, but um, I'm hoping we can get more momentum now that we're more active and everything, and uh, we're doing Twitch, we're doing different things, we're starting to meet some of the goals that we started to uh, talk about back in January. So, progress is being made, but without further ado, um, today's topic will be uh, a bit of a, what anime got us into the anime fandom, or is the reason that we're so invested in loving anime as much as we do? And I can't do this all by myself, because I'm only one person of Anime Secrets. Uh, so today I'm joined by Mr. Connor Healy, Miss Diana Necca, Kara Turnbull, Miguel Moreno, and Miss McSane. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I can't Hello there. Right. What? I can't believe you got my last name right. I can do a lot of things right. <laughs> <laughs> Except get the title right. Except get your title right. <laughs> That's one thing I can't do right. I have to stop the stream so I can change the title. I've done it before. That's what we like. That's when we like to yeah, use that's little Irish things called close enough for government work. <laughs> Man. 50 episodes is still a lot. Like I did not imagine that, that, that it, it would get to this amount yeah Even though it took this long but i mean <laughs> i mean when our old editor when i told our old editor and steve david toronto that we were going to start a podcast and that we we're going to name it animated classified he's like dude i don't think this is going to work um it, it's a long thought and i was like yeah maybe but we're still going to try it and i mean we did some cool stuff with it. I mean, we did some Dragon Ball Super reviews in the beginning. We did a couple of topical things. Uh, I think one of the things that we've done a lot more of is the Zozo podcast that Miguel basically led up last year with Connor, Anthony, and myself. And that was a that real was part, fun was time. That, that was part five, wasn't it? Yeah. Part five. Yep. Yeah. And part six comes out, what, next year? Uh, we don't we do know. not have confirmation yet. I think it is very un. I think probably production would start next year because uh, I, you know, I don't know what's going on because of the whole COVID pandemic, blah blah blah, all of that stuff. I mean, you know, it's the it's the gigantic thing in the room. Obviously, we got to mention it's, it's happening, you know, pandemic. But hey, that's part of why we're able to do all of this. And one thing I wanted to mention is you guys made it to fifty episode. And yeah, it took six years, but you know what? Think of it this way. It also took like five or six years for technology 
and distribution to catch up to a point where it's really fully accessible. Like five, like you mentioned Twitch. I tried Twitch streaming five, six years ago. It was not easy. I couldn't interact with my audience because there was a permanent lag and I wasn't paying a bunch of money for a subscription at the time. You know, I was a college student. I was doing this for fun. And so, you know, I kind of fell out of it. Now it is a lot easier. It's a lot more responsive. The tech is better. The internet is better. Uh, the the sites can handle stuff better. Traffic can be managed better. Audio recording is better. You know, you got YouTube, you got Spotify, you got SoundCloud, you got all these new avenues that you didn't have before to put all this stuff out. Well, I mean, SoundCloud and all that, that, that was around, you know, five, six years ago. But again, like, from my perspective, it, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't as, as big of, like, and, you know, Twitter, too, wasn't as big of a thing. Welcome to the future. Yeah. We have arrived, and it is great. Big 5 hey, everyone. 50 episodes. Yay. Woot. And but yeah, it was, you know, it took a while to get here, but we're glad to be here, and we're looking forward to the next 50. Hopefully it won't be six more years. <laughs> oh, nah, who knows? Like, it'll be like three and a half. <laughs> We'll probably be on a different platform. Discord will be obsolete and we'll get something new, I don't know, called Whoop-Ti-Doo or something like that. Skype Plus. <laughs> Skype. Yeah, no, Skype no, 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 will no, make no. a comeback. Skype Classic will come back. No, no. MSN, MSN will come back. <laughs> oh my I enjoyed, god. I enjoyed sending nudges to my friends. AOL Chatroom 2020. Let's go. <laughs> I'm down for it, man. I'm here for that. But speaking of things that are ancient and old, guys, what was the anime that got you all into this crazy yet enjoyable animation from the land out east? Whoa, slick transition there. Miguel's good at that. Whoa. But we're not here to talk about the transitions. We're here to talk about cartoons. <laughs> yeah. So, Riz, as the uh, founder of the website itself, I think you should be. And also be the first... older than dirt. Hey, Connor hey. and Mitt are just as old as I am. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll let the people over 30 speak first. <laughs> so, what you're saying is age before grace, <laughs> age before beauty. Got it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and hey, I got to say, y'all are beautiful in the non 30 group. <laughs> We try. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess I'll start off then. Um, give my two cents on this. I mean, you so, have enjoyed it. You started a website called Anime Secrets. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know how many of y'all even know how this all began. And the current staff. I mean, this is something that... Uh, so Anime Secrets was actually founded December 11th of 2002 i want to say yeah that sounds about right 2002 so it's been going on for almost two decades now uh, in some form or another this site is legal <laughs> yeah oh you know it, it's you definitely 2012 i looked at my wall i have a little memento of the thing that began all this really on my wall. I'll send you a photo later. So 
my love of anime is kind of two-tiered. Um, my first part of it is I grew up in the early 90s uh, watching a lot of cartoons because that's what kids in the 90s did. And some of the things that I would watch were like Voltron, Speed Racer, Robotech, Digimon, and most famously, I would say uh, Dragon Ball Z. That was a big hype for my uh, age group and for the kids in my class. That was the that was the thing. If you're not watching Dragon Ball Z, then what are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. So, um, and that Dragon Ball Z actually began airing in the United States when I was in fifth grade. And so I had like this ambition because I we got AOL as like a thing in I think my sixth or seventh grade. So I started browsing the internet around that time on AOL, which is a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. But I started seeing a lot of really cool um Dragon Ball Z websites fan made by people like me. And my dad had hired like a guy to teach me some computer stuff because I was showing aptitude at that time for computers and playing around and I'm doing stuff. So he said he wants me to get like a formal education uh, from somebody learning more about it. So we hired this dude. He came to the house a couple of times a month. He taught me some basic HTML and web design. And he told me to make a project to learn better from. So I said, well, I'm going to make a Dragon Ball Z website. So I did. <laughs> And uh, that's how the Dragon Ball Z Palace was founded on Angel Fire. Um, I still have the original banner that I had for the website on my desk. It's like a little memento of where we came from. Uh, so yeah, we began as a Dragon Ball Z website in my seventh grade, well before 2002. And I ran that successfully for quite some time until my ninth grade. It's about two years, three years. The only reason I think I stopped was because of Angel Fire having some kind of trouble with something. So I said, well, I don't want to just do Dragon Ball anymore. I want to expand out to other anime because while going through that transitionary period from 7th grade to high school, I started getting introduced to anime not as what we see on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and all that, but uh, Japanese audio with English subtitles. And... The first one that I can really remember watching with subtitles was either Van Dredd or Love Hina. I want to say it was Love Hina, but I can't be 100% positive on that. So one of those two started off for me. And I was like, look, if we're watching all the other things in our friend group, I had a lot of online friends that we would like, talk about Dragon Ball Z and other stuff all day long. And we decided, okay, we're going to make a new website where we can just express ourselves with more than that. So we began Anime Secrets. We had no real concept of what we were doing. We are just, like, making a shrine to anime. So, we you know, we were, like, trying to make Cowboy Bebop character profiles. We had... Um, independent writing of, like, people's poems and other stuff, and it wasn't until a year after that when I was, like, um, in the 10th grade, we are like, okay, let's kind of focus on something, because we have a huge audience, what we're looking at here, and around that time, 
there's another website that I take a lot of my inspiration from called the Anime Academy. I don't know if y'all ever heard of it. Connor, you might have met. Anime Academy, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. I've got one of their patches, um, because I met, uh, what, I met Raina Scully, and I met, uh, Victoria Holden, uh, and she's, she's with Country Roll. Uh, I met them at SakuraCon one year, and they were passing out, uh, Anime Academy. Shout out, by the way, to Raina Scully. She's one of the nicest people in the entire world. Wow. Never I didn't met anyone as just sweet and genuine and just like, just legit, a really, really lovely person. <laughs> so, all the, all the Crunchy of... people folks at the time, all Crunchyroll folks at the time were just amazing people. Love them. Yeah. So, a lot of our early website staff that joined when we were, when we officially became Anime Secrets was, uh, they were from anim from the Anime Academy forum community, and we were the people who we wanted to write reviews like how Anime Academy did, but Anime Academy didn't trust us because we were new to the field. We weren't really um, vetted to be good writers or had opinions that they thought would matter. So I said, screw it. We're going to make our own website with that concept. So I kind of rebranded a little bit there to have us uh do more review stuff and you know we got some editors we got some writers and we went really well for quite a number of years like that um until finally we entered the video world when we started going to more anime conventions uh shout out to our other friends at uh them anime carlos uh ross was a really big influence on that as well he got us to go to our first anime convention in uh, San Diego. No, not San Diego. Where is that con? Where's Fanime? Fanime. It's in California. Oh, San Jose. That's what it was. I had the sand right. I had the other part wrong. San Jose, California. Um, so we sent a lot of our California staff with them anime. We did a panel. And after that, we started doing conventions around the world and that's where we really got into it and honestly so to end kind of like my story for the moment i'll come back to some of this later when pe other people talk but a lot of why i love the culture and the community as much as i do is because i can see it from the lens of a person who enjoys the medium first of all obviously but also because through anime secrets i got to see a whole different side of the industry and the world that we all love so much in a way that not many people ever get to. Like, I've become good friends with multiple convinced owners. Um, I've become really good friends with a couple of voice actors. I know some of the ins and outs of what's happening in the industry, though I don't talk about it because people would probably get mad at me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just been a real blessing for me to be able to participate and be included in so many different conventions uh, and different events during the last, really, like, 18 years. Holy crap, I feel old saying that. But, yeah, so I'll talk more about anime that I watched more later, but I do want to let y'all have a chance to kind of throw out what y'all watched and what got y'all into it. So, Mitch, uh, you are a good friend from across the pond. Put it lightly. I know US and UK television work a bit differently. So, how did you get into uh, anime as a whole, or was it pretty similar? Like, 
Cartoon Network or was there like another station that would air anime for you? Actually, unlike Riz, yeah, I will agree. It's still here in the UK. Anime is is still pretty uncommon. We don't have many conventions over here. There are conventions, but they're very small, very tiny. They don't get a lot. It's nothing like the big conventions over like Anime Expo. But surprisingly, the the first anime that I really got into because well back then I didn't know about Japan animation. I will. I grew up watching a lot of Disney as a kid. I grew up watching Saturday morning Disney shows. I grew up watching The Lion King, Little Mermaid, a lot of Disney. And then just one, one Saturday morning, my one young self Saturday just morning. yeah, very one Saturday morning. Everyone really remembers that. Yep. <laughs> God, Saturday morning cartoons—they were amazing. Oh, back was, then. In the words of the kids nowadays, that was a bop. Oh yeah, that was it. Slapped. It was slapping. It slapped. It, slapped it was woke. <laughs> These other hit, and all those other hit words. I had to. I had to go there. That was all good. It was cool. That it wasn't worked. it, Chief. That wasn't it. But I uh, keep going, Mitch. Okay. Yeah, I remember one Saturday morning. It, it came on the news. It was all on the newspapers, but I didn't read because I was a kid. I wouldn't read newspapers. Screw that. I got all my information from TV. <laughs> but, I, but my 12-year-old, maybe 11-year-old self woke up to watch what was, which we all know, or most of us probably all know, was Pokemon. And yeah. the first episode aired on this uh, Saturday morning show. And I just remember watching it and getting really intrigued. Like, very intrigued. But I also kept compliment like complain about certain things like why are the monsters repeating their names when they talk why can't they talk normally why is this kid 10 years old and he's going on an adventure on his own I'm 12 I couldn't even do that I wasn't even allowed to go out of the house <laughs> how did Askatson's mom let him leave the house to go catch Pokemon for a living <laughs> just things like that exactly <laughs> and, the, and, the more, and the more I grew up watching it I just got, I just got so hooked into it and then because of the fame of Pokemon, other shows started appearing on Saturday morning. Ones like include Digimon, Monster Rancher, Yu-Gi-Oh, Card Captors, and I still had no idea that this was all coming from Japan until I got to secondary school and everyone started like you, everyone started talking about Dragon Ball Z and Inuyasha, Naruto on Cartoon Network, and I remember watching those and getting so so into them. Again, I didn't know they were called Japanimation. They, they were cartoons from Japan. I just thought this was just a really intriguing style that they used. Yeah, like, my only inkling before watching Love, Hina, and Vandred that I was watching anything Japanese-related <laughs> was that Sailor Moon had some Japanese-looking symbols in their animation. And at the time, I didn't know that, you know, that was a whole other language. I thought, oh... That's the Japanese symbols, because, you know, ignorant little Riz thought everyone wrote and wrote in English, because that's what he learned. <laughs> and and plus, <laughs> most of, plus those shows I mentioned didn't really have a lot of Japanese themes. Maybe Dragon Ball, but Pokemon, yeah. Digimon, Card Captures, they were all had English singing intros. Well, the ones over here. <laughs> it was not until uh, I got to close to college, I was 15, and me and, and, a, and an old friend of mine who have lost contact with him a long time ago uh 
he introduced he introduced me into anime and he showed me a bunch of different different shows and the one he showed me was which surprisingly was from an AMV who remembers AMVs cuz they were the things back then <laughs> That was oh, yes. the things they bid every... bring me to life to every single time. Or in the end, or breaking the habit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my favorite was Papa Roach, the, the last resort. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Linkin Park, Papa Roach. Oh, my God. Those were, those were some good songs. Three and... Days Grace. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the greatest part was when people would be like, all right, so I know how. Here's how we're going to make it. A good video. All right. We're going to take the best bits of the freezer fight. We're not going to cut out the subtitles and we're not going to sync it up. We're just going to put it up there and we're going to let the music play. <laughs> wow. Like, hey, isn't that going to, isn't that just going to be like a highlight rule set the music? Yes. It's what the people want. <laughs> and that was everyone's first video editing experience. <laughs> I used to make them on Windows Movie Maker. Dude, I love Windows 3D Movie. <laughs> I had a Vampire Night one that I made to uh, Animal I Have Become by Three Day Screen. Oh, and you, and you <laughs> used and there and you was, use... there was subtitles. Oh man, on. I mean, and Vampire I... Night—that's an old one. I mean, I I still kind of want to make one as a tribute to All Might while having the touch in the background. <laughs> and you'll use all the splash effects as well, oh, the slide, God, the yes. star, yeah. the <laughs> fading. Every time. You gotta do it. Uh, look, look for that in a future AS video. You always put the title okay. on Windows Movie Maker, and it was always in that crappy, like, white font with the blue background. Blue background, yep. <laughs> but, uh, what AMV got you into what anime you were gonna talk about? Well, then, that was... Anything yeah, but... Linkin Park. <laughs> uh, this one didn't have Linkin Park in it. I'm afraid. <laughs> I can't. I, I, for the life of me, I can't. It was a '90s. It was a '90s uh, song. It was just I, like every every AMV in like 2003, 2004, 2005 was Evanescence or Linkin Park. That was how you were like edge back then. Do an anime AMV with. Oh, Linkin I actually Park know what it was. I actually know what it was now. It we was Skater Boy. <laughs> the song, oh, the oh, song was using Skater Boy for some reason. What, what the, anime was it? Yeah, and here what, we go. Yeah, the anime. Like we need, oh. we need to know now. Oh, you're gonna know and you're gonna laugh because you're gonna you're not gonna put these two together. The anime that from that video that got me into anime that used the song Skater Boy was Love Hina. I, I okay, could see it. See I could see I it. <laughs> and all I remember, like most of the clips, was just uh, Naru punching. Kitaro into the into the sky, and I thought oh, that looks that's funny. Poor guy. <laughs> and but I started watching more and more, and then I was and I thought to myself and my friend who was into anime let me borrow the first volume of the DVD, and I remember going home watching it, and then I came back and I said, "Do you have do you have the other volume?" <laughs> And then I just kept watching it, and I watched all the volumes. I watched the specials. I even watched that weird OVA that came out <laughs> as well. And he just explained everything to me. It's like, this reminds me of Pokemon. And he's like, no, this is not Pokemon. It was like, what do you... But the style looks very similar. And he's like, yeah, the style. It's anime. It's from Japan. 
and because of and frankly because of this guy who I never speak to anymore if it wasn't for him I would never have gotten introduced to anime and we became really good friends and he would always let me borrow his DVDs he he let me borrow Fullmetal Alchemist he let me borrow Evangelion oh, Habonabashi XL Saga was another one <laughs> And then my list just kept growing and growing, and I watched Inuasha. I watched. I actually got into Dragon Ball because I, when it was still popular back in my secondary school, I didn't really watch it at the time, but I knew a, a, a few people that did watch it and loved to draw Goku and loved to draw Vegeta. And they would always talk about all the sagas. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Did you watch that episode? But I was like, I'm still a Pokemon boy. I was still talking about, oh my god, did you watch this episode? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no shame in being a Pokemon boy. I'm still no. a Pokemon boy. That's <laughs> evidence from the stream earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was a fun stream. Well, hey. it was fun catching the Ghastly, at least. You gotta catch them all. Uh, uh, so, over 200. so, Kara, what other animes made you want to do AMVs about them besides uh, the first one you mentioned? Uh, Vampire Night. Oh, yeah. that was after I was introduced to anime. Um, so the first show that I watched on TV that was anime, but I didn't know it was anime, uh, was definitely Sailor Moon, uh, also Pokemon and Digimon and Monster Rancher. For some reason, I was just so gravitated to these shows, and I really and I really really enjoyed like the style of humor with them and the. The animation and everything it was just so uh it was just so clean and it looked so detailed uh that my mind was just immediately drawn to it and not to mention uh i had a playstation one um and i owned the game monster rancher 2 so when i saw that there was a show on tv called monster rancher i immediately you know jumped on watching it i don't remember anything about it anymore but <laughs> I just remember there being an eyeball and a, a kid on roller skates, but um, but it it took me buying a a Digimon volume in the bookstore, and then realizing that <laughs> manga reads in a different direction than uh a, like English books. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. I, the dreaded... Stop! You're reading this backwards! Yep. <laughs> and then I saw that, um, I saw that it was published by, like, a certain publishing company, and so I started walking around the bookstore, and I noticed that there was a magazine with the same, pu with similar publishing company, with similar art style to the Digimon book that I just bought, and the magazine was called Shonen Jump. And then I realized, oh, if it, this is anime like this is what i've been liking all this time and so um i started getting into like all the stuff in shonen jump like reading shaman shaman king and naruto and all of that and just getting more and more invested in it and then um as i was getting closer to my stepdad i realized that my stepdad was had been watching anime all this time just all like the manga entertainment like rated r stuff that i couldn't watch <laughs> And so, like, my first real anime that I watched after I found out what anime really was was Full, Full Metal Alchemist. 
and I watched that with my stepdad. And it was a good bonding experience. I still need to finish Brotherhood, but... <laughs> um, but then after that, like, the rest is history. I was watching those... I was watching Naruto episodes on YouTube in three parts. <laughs> Ten minutes each. <laughs> with the second part always missing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it, it just went it just went from there. I just started like I start I realized that there was another manga magazine called Shoujo B and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like Shonen Jump but for girls. So I started reading that, like reading any copies I could find in the library and things like that and started watching that's how I got introduced to Vampire Night, and that's how I also got introduced to Nana. And to this day, Nana is probably one of my favorite anime of all time. I love that so much, and I hope one day that the story gets finished, because... <laughs> you know, Nana is one of those ones that really deserves its own episode, because there's a... <clears throat> I have been meaning to, like, kind of re-get into... I never fully got into it. And, like, I never watched the anime, but I knew a lot through Osmosis. I'd the seen clips and episodes. So, the music yeah. is so good in that anime. I really liked the music, yeah. No, that's that's part of what got me about it. And I, I had known about uh, the manga, because I had friends who were into the manga for a very long time. I have friends who are still into the manga. And I know it's, like, one of the most foundational girls' manga, like, ever written. It's, it's, it's very important. Yeah, it's it's mature, it's funny, it portrays uh, female friendships in an empowering and realistic way, and, like, I was, like, maybe 13, 14 at the time, and, like, that was the first time that I even saw, like, a sex scene in a manga was when I was reading Nana and Shoujo Beat, because they were, they have a few, it's tasteful, there's not any, like, extreme nudity, it's just people in bed with their shirts off. That's that's a lot better than the first time I ever saw a sex scene, because the first time I ever saw a sex scene in a, in a manga was Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> oh, I think it was Chobits. Yeah, I, I did end up getting introduced to Chobits, and that's another one of my favorites, but... Um... But yeah, that's that that's kind of how I went down the rabbit hole was just through Shonen Jump and then all and then you know finding uh, out from my dad like about Fullmetal Alchemist and things like that and then the Naruto craze started happening and I jumped on that and <laughs> uh, my yeah. my biggest crushes in middle school was Sasuke and Uchiha from Naruto and Edward from Fullmetal Alchemist. Can can I just say before we begin, is like, is there no one here that's kind of jumped on any of these crazes, like the Naruto craze, the Dragon Ball, or the Inuyasha craze? I mean, you did jump on the Pokemon craze. Yeah, or the I Pokemon mean, craze. I was on Dragon Ball. I mean, this entire website came from Dragon Ball fades. Uh, I had a Dragon Ball phase too, but in my memory, it wasn't as impactful as. Uh... As Sailor Moon or or Card Captors or Monster Rancher or Digimon, like Digimon, I think was the big one for me, like one of the big ones. And the sad thing is, is I don't really remember a lot of Digimon. <laughs> I remember oh, liking. I, <laughs> I remember liking season two a lot more. Of Digimon. Digimon, yeah. yeah. We don't wow, talk you're a rarity. Uh, well, I was going to pass it over to the other person, but she kind of left. So, Connor. <laughs> All righty. The other old guy in the group. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it might have been uh, technical difficulties or something. We've had a couple of those. 
Um, so I, you know, I was introduced into anime a very, very long time ago, like before I even knew what anime was. Um, so I was born in 87 BCE. Uh, <clears throat> no, I'm not actually that old. Uh, no, I was, I was born in 1987. Um, and in 1989 in Japan, uh, there was this Jungle Book anime that came out. And we all know Jungle Book, the movie and everything of Disney course. came out with. So there was a Jungle Book movie or anime that came out called Jungle Book Shonen Movie, Jungle Book Shonen Mowgli, Jungle Book Boy Mowgli, whatever. Uh, in 1990, after the series wrapped up, they released it on tape over here in the U.S. Uh, through a company which is now defunct called uh, Nippon Animation, or Nippon Video. Um, and I had one tape of this, and I watched it all the time when I was a kid. I loved it. I wondered why it was so different than the other Jungle Book. And there was just something I loved about it. And I didn't realize until later that it was an anime. I was probably about, when I started watching it, I was maybe about three or four or five. It was really long ago. Uh, it was prior to 1992, I think, the first time I saw it. This is real far back. I barely have any memory of that time. But So, you know, that was the first time I technically saw anime, but I didn't really know what it was. Until one day when I was about, you know, nine or ten or something, I I saw Dragon Ball one morning. Uh, back when Deke had the license to that, I think it was Deke. Um, I love Dragon Ball. Never seen anything like it. We're talking the original Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z, but Dragon Ball. Like, you know, when Goku was a kid, it was still kind of a weird little journey to the West sort of thing. Um, and I was really, really into that. Well, I lived in Portland at the time and, uh, well, more specifically Milwaukee. And here's the thing about Milwaukee, Oregon, uh, Dark Horse World Headquarters was there. Now by 1982, Dark Horse... Dark Horse was founded, I think, in 80 or 82, and by 86, so a year before I was born, they started to imprint manga. Good year. And they had, you know, they had, uh, they started as a comic shop, a Pegasus Books. Uh, Mike Richardson, the the head of, the president of Dark Horse, I know the guy. Uh, he was, he was the, to me, he was the owner of the local comic shop. He probably still knows me. He remembers, you know, it, it's been a while since i seen him. I was a kid last time he probably saw me or college age or something i don't remember the last time i saw him but you know you go down to your local comic shops and because they got into manga and anime imprints and stuff early you know, uh shiro masamune uh ghost in the shell that was their big thing that was like that was i think their their flagship thing and so the at the time there, it was like there were two worlds of anime, but the more common one was like there was a lot of stuff like Ghost in the Shell, Akira, um, oh what else, Venus Wars, Bubblegum Crisis, Dirty Pair, these these uh, 
the anime that had the not for kids sticker ninja scroll you know like there oh was blood God. there was nudity there was violence there was all that good stuff and here i am as a kid and i pretty much graduated from thanks to my brother renting it and my mom not being around when i was like nine or ten is the first time i saw akira in full and that shit blew my mind. Let me tell you. Imagine going from the Jungle Book to Dragon Ball to Akira. And how old were you? I was nine or ten. I don't even remember. Dang. I might have been eight. Yeah, that's a huge jump. But, like, it was just wild, and from then I was just hooked. Anything I could get. And, you know, it was funny hearing about the uh, the the manga earlier because I remember my first manga. It was Ronald One Half. <laughs> Let's see what I got it. They didn't have Viz wasn't doing Tonkobun. They weren't doing volumes. They were releasing things like chapter by chapter in single issue trade paperbacks just like a regular comic book. So when Naranda was originally come over came over here, it was mirror flipped and it read like a regular comic and it was in single issues. I actually remember seeing um seeing those because mm -hmm. I bought ended up buying a few Pokemon comics that were printed in, in the same way, mm -hmm. and they had advertisements in the back for the Ranma one-half uh, mm -hmm. single chapter issues. And I think Viz was the first major company to really get into manga, and they're some of my earliest memories. Um, and it's real interesting having seen the evolution and growing up with how much it's changed, really. Um, how much more accessible it is these days, uh, how much easier it is to see stuff. Um, it's actually a bit overwhelming. <laughs> kinda, yeah, kinda, yeah. Um, I, it, I don't know where to start these days. <laughs> but what's nice is, what's nice is these days, you're able to look up and know what you're getting into. Like, I know a lot of people who might think Ninja Scroll's good, and then they get into Ninja Scroll and like, uh, ew, I don't know if I'm into this. Ew, I'm definitely not into this. It was kind of the fun back then, was you didn't mm -hmm. know what you were going to yeah. get. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the same with Full Metal Alchemist. You know, you're just watching the like the first three episodes. You're thinking, oh, this is just a brother, a brother's journey. They're having fun. And then we get to Big Brother Ed, and then everything just takes a turn for the worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. To the point you're left traumatized. You're like, what just happened? I will also say, I believe much like Kara said, Sailor Moon was absolutely foundational for me. Yeah. So much so that it is going to be the first thing that I get like an anime tattoo of because it was that important to me. Um, just going to do a little drop here. So I'm, I'm a gender fluid individual and Sailor Moon really gave me a way to tap into the feminine aspect of my gender before I really even knew what it was. And so that was kind of my little safe spot 
and having Sailor Moon to grow up with when you were confused and it was the 90s and you couldn't really say such and such things because you might get get bullied and beat up and I was already getting bullied and beat up enough and didn't need to make it worse for myself. Having Sailor Moon there really helped because I was just, I had an anime that I could like, that was like my channel and I was like, it's still cool because it's anime, but like even girl anime is cool. Well, not to mention, the localization for Sailor Moon was always kind of cheesy, but in other ways, I felt like it was really helpful for people growing up during that time, because... Sailor Moon says! Sailor says, exactly! They would have lessons about friendship and how to deal with things in your life that might be overwhelming for somebody young. And they had that in there as a way to say, hey, like, it's okay, you're not alone. So, it, it's cheesy, but it it really helped back then. But we don't talk about Sonic says. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> Thanks, Jaleel White. <laughs> okay, um, thank you, Urkel. But kind of talking more about, like, my origin story, I guess. Um, for me, like, I know I talked a bit more about the website part of it, but me on a personal level, uh, watching the anime that I did was really a good way for me to bond with so many different people um, about things that I had in common. Like, I still look at the people in the chat know people from like 12, 13, however many years I've known y'all for um, because of our love for anime. And that that alone is a big deal to me. It's that the animes that we watched, like Digimon, Dragon Ball Z, they were like a bonding glue for me and my friends to uh, become friends. And now, I mean, yeah, we don't talk about uh, Dragon Ball Z like every day like we used to, but... Uh, still, it's a huge part of us. We're still um, very much into it, I think. So, but here, yeah, here's the thing, though. Like, granted, Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, Pokemon may not be the new thing that people talk about, but there always will be something that people will talk about, no matter oh, what. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, right now in this new generation, people are talking about My Hero Academia. People talking about Doctor Stone, like, food wars. There's just something new for these younger people to actually, you know, get into anime. Granted, that may not be the stuff that we grew up on. They might watch the stuff we grew up on and be like, "Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this style. I prefer this new, more colorful, vibrant yeah. looking style." And I mean, that's that's very valid. And I have nothing against. The new anime. I actually enjoyed the first two seasons of My Hero Academia for what it was. I I kind of regret not finishing it, but that's more of a I just didn't have the time and slowly lost interest in trying to find the time for it. Um, but that's not indicative of it being a bad anime. It's just indicative oh, no. of me having other priorities that I wanted to take care of first. Oh no, I'm not saying like those animes are bad. I'm just saying yeah. like this will be stuff that these younger generations will grow up watching yeah like if we repeat this podcast in 10 years and assuming you know all of us aren't here anymore we got a new staff in place i mean that might be what you hear from people is 
my intro anime with My Hero Academia or something like that, rather Kimetsu than... No Yaiba. <laughs> or what? Kimetsu no Yaiba. Demon Slayer. Yeah. Demon Slayer, yep. <laughs> Which yeah. I still haven't watched that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I still good. need to, I'm, I'm still needing to catch up on Fruits Basket, I need to catch up on Food Wars, and yeah, but there's not a lot of time when you're 27 years old. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of anime that I wish I could watch now, but there's just so many, and I honestly have no idea where I'd want to begin. Uh, outside of, like, the old franchises that I grew up watching. Like, you know, I'm watching the Digimon reboot because I watched Digimon as a kid. I watched Dragon Ball Super because I watched Dragon Ball Z as a kid. But in terms of new anime, I mean, I haven't really watched a lot of new ones outside of My Hero Academia and JoJo's. Um, but I do intend to fix that now that I have more time than I did a year ago. Miguel, you've been kind of quiet. Let's... Yeah, really. What's up there, bud? Well, it's because <laughs> I have to moderate to make sure you guys don't go too off from the beginning. Well, I will moderate you if you want to talk now. Oh, me? Talk? Never. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because I, growing up, I didn't quite have as much access to other things like some of you guys did. Like, up until I was like eight, I think I only had access to like 13 channels growing up. And seven of those were in Spanish. So, you know, getting like what I could watch was just limited to like whatever was on Kids WB, Fox Kids, or whatever local things would show up over there. Uh, but like before I knew what anime was, I watched a show called Dragon Ball Z, but in Spanish. And let me tell you, the uh, they didn't really edit too much anime in Mexico. They mostly aired it as is. So Dragon Ball was kind of like the first one that I saw that I'm like, ah, this is different. Why aren't their last names all in Spanish? Why are they all spelled like so differently? So that's when I knew, hey, I don't think this show's from Mexico. Uh so for me, it was just whatever I'd be lucky enough to catch on the Spanish networks. That would be my first. And then Dragon Ball was one of them. Uh, Los Caballeros del Zodiac, a.k.a. Saint Seiya, was another one that I grew up watching. And so for me, those were kind of the first ones. But again, that was before I really knew what it was. So like I watched them, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But the first one that I... That made me go, oh, yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. I can't wait for the next episode. Uh, yeah, and I'm not ashamed to admit this. It was Pokemon. That theme song. It was just that theme catch song. Them all. Pokemon. I get like, you, man. <laughs> that, it was that theme song where I'm like, yeah, I, I, I do want to be the best that no one ever was. I will catch them all. <laughs> I'm trying to catch them all. It was too many now. Back then, it was only 150. Dude, <laughs> there's too many. Nah. Isn't it close to like 900 now? It's, pretty, think... it's pushing to that point. <laughs> yeah. Let's say it's like about 9 or something. Uh, but yeah, no, so Pokemon for me was the 
like the first anime where I'm like, yeah, I want to watch. Yeah, this is awesome. I, I, I want to keep watching more. I want to watch more. And then when I moved over from California to Nebraska, where they had like much more stuff available for basic cable is when I started to get hooked up on a lot of the uh, Toonami shows. Uh, so, you know, English dub of Dragon Ball was way better than whatever they were putting out in Mexico. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like... Miguel, where did you grow up at? I grew up in Los Angeles, in the eastern part okay. of it. So, again, I was just kind of curious on where you got the Santa sandals from. That makes sense. Los yeah. Angeles would have that. Yeah, again, it's, you know, a little bit... A little different culturally, what your parents will let you watch or what they'll end up getting because they also got to find entertainment for themselves, you know? So now, it's like always nice, like seeing how everyone kind of, how they, their paths kind of grew up on it. And again, you know, the kids of today, they have it way better than we ever did just because there's so much, oh so God. many different things that they can go to. They don't have to rely on one or two companies importing and dubbing over. It's like, you know, you want to go to your country role or you don't have country role, but hey, an older sibling or your parents may have something like a Hulu, like Netflix, like they, and internet's way better now than it ever has been. And yeah. libraries too. Libraries have been a great source. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, you know, from the limited scraps, we were given back then to what they have right now is like, man, I wish I had this because, you know, going to Crunchyroll definitely beats out going to Starkiller ZWXX35 for <laughs> an ep for like three parts of an episode. And then you have to yep. dig through their channel to find the <laughs> middle part. Or what we used to do in my day, uh, hope finding somebody with a bootleg fan sub on VHS. So, yeah, I have a couple of things I want to add in here, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for oh, it. Oh, go for it. So, I don't know how much Miguel and Kara have done this, but I'm assuming Connor and Mitz might have done this more. Um, how many of y'all ever pirated, like, the anime from fan subbers using, like, uh, Kaza or one of the old Napster things? Or Bearser, even? Please, we, all, we only use LimeWire to download full albums. <laughs> oh, well, the dangerous use, Kazaa. I didn't use Kazaa or BearShare, but, I mean, I had friends who had hard drives just full of just anime MP4s that they would just download directly from, like, websites and stuff like that, and we would share hard drives and files around and things like that, so, I mean, like... When I was on the internet in the early 2000s, like, more full-time, outside of, like, school or library or whatever, like, that, I would be doing that. I'd be spending as much time on the internet as possible downloading episodes, downloading manga. So, yeah, I was, I was a really bad pirate. That they all, that, that yeah, every single, all we had. Yeah, that, that every single one of those, uh, Fan subbed always come with that Japanese sponsor intro at the at the beginning. Or like some of them would have earthquake warnings, like during the like like national weather earthquake warnings, like during the 
<laughs> the episodes and things like that because they would rip it like from the TVs in Japan and like just quick sub them and put them online which whatever brave souls knew English and Japanese and were living in Japan at the time yeah I remember so for those that don't know discord is the current like thing that everyone uses for like server communication like in a community standard but 20 years ago when we were like just starting to get into the anime world and making our own little communities uh we had irc internet relates at and we had the fan servers get together and make their own groups and the fan servers would all you know call out like Okay, so this year we're going to try and get our hands on this anime and that anime from this source and that source. And we're going we're gonna to wait for somebody to get buy the uh, DVD and rip it so we can get the full video from that. And then we're going to fan sub it by hand. And this, was, this wasn't like Funimation or Viz or any of the other groups out there that are like companies doing this. This is like just the fans who are so desperate to bring anime to the rest of our community. And they had the skill set, or they made the skill set themselves to do it. I mean, I remember people that I was friends with on the internet back then talk about like how they spent three, four months just learning how to put fan subs and time it correctly onto the animated videos that they got, or coming up with solutions to make sure that the animated they release is not going to get taken down by a DMCA request or even how do you how do you pick the animated you do support fan subbing that probably won't get taken down the answer to that was if it wasn't as popular in Japan we'll take it if it was kind of popular in Japan maybe we'll try but we might get a DMCA at some point and that was a huge thing like fan subbers had a hard time dealing with the repercussion of, okay, so we want to give anime to the world, but unfortunately, because the world doesn't have access like how we do today in 2020, uh, we have to really finagle quite a bit to get the access to people. Like, I remember when I was first getting into Dragon Ball Z on one of those websites, um, there weren't any photos, but they had, like, one person give a whole recap of all of Dragon Ball Z from beginning to end and at that point goku hadn't even fought frieza and the frieza saga on tv yet so here i am reading about this dude named trunks and wait bulma and vegeta got together and they had a kid what what is this nonsense like that that was kind of like part of the internet back then was we lived through these different mediums to get our information. Like, I couldn't see, you know, Vegeta and Trunks and all of them do the things that I read about, but just reading other people who did have the opportunity to watch it back then give their synopsis and their story and give it to us, that was a huge thing for us growing up. Because, I mean, nowadays, the minute anime drops in Japan, you get a simulcast in America, and you don't have to wonder... So what's happening? What's next? You kind of know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. <laughs> <rant. laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there was a, a scarcity in some ways 
of what we had access to back then. So everybody kind of was watching the same shows and yeah. talking about the same shows. <laughs> like So <that. laughs> one of my friends had like an anime that he bought on DVD and it was completely bootleg. But he the DVDs didn't fully work. So one or two episodes played and then the next few didn't. It took me seven years to find a stream of it somewhere later to watch it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's because... dedication. <laughs> huh? That's dedication. Well, I mean, what else could I do back then? I couldn't just go to Currency Roll and watch it. I had to, you know, wait. I... I, would get I, one day. I have a question. Who here went to, like, a dollar store or, like, a store with, like, a parent or a family member and you were kind of forced to go along because you were too young, and you just war was wandering through the video sections and found just, like, a random volume of a random anime that you'd never even heard of or seen before, and just bought it for, like, $2. <laughs> because I was so starved for anime back then that I, I would do that. Like, I would just buy random anime DVDs that I would find it at the dollar store. <laughs> My dollar store didn't have any anime DVDs. No. But it was like something like off the wall, like and that nobody would normally watch. It was just insanity. <laughs> yeah, so... sadly, sadly, the stores over here. If I wanted to find certain stores that had anime DVDs, I'd have to go into the the town center or the city center. I did find it weird though that every kind of Hispanic shop I would go to, they'd always have Saint Seiya DVDs. Mm -hmm. Like Saint Seiya is very, Saint very big. Oh. Oh, I know it's big in south in uh <laughs> south of the border. Like there's a I forgot what country it was. I I mean I'm probably dead wrong here, but it was like it was a South American country. I want to say it was like Chile or something. Their version of the X Factor. Guy goes up there, immediately starts singing the Saint Seiya theme. One of the judges turns around, he's trying not to smile and it, and uh, pass the guy through automatically because it's Saint oh, Freaking Saint. Right yeah, that's and, epic. I like it. And then, like at the end, he finally goes boom. He's like, as soon as I heard the first beat, you were going through. <laughs> but yeah, like every Hispanic shop, like I would go in there. Los Caballeros del Zodiac. Los Caballeros del Zodiac. I'm like, huh, that's weird. Why does every store have these same DVDs? And there's a, and there was only always like just one or two copies of them left so people were buying them but like that'd be the only time i'd see uh anime dvds that were on sale that weren't at like a blockbuster or something That's yeah the equivalent of going to on american idol and singing the pokemon theme song <laughs> well that's what happened didn't someone on those american idols actually sing the jigglypuff song to the judges <laughs> Yeah, there's a clip on YouTube of that. Really? <laughs> they yeah. didn't pass him through, though. <laughs> they were no, like, no, he that. didn't get through. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what the heck? <laughs> but, uh, but, Karen, to kind of answer your question real quick, um, one of the anime that you're talking about, so, and on the blockbuster near my house, they had episodes three and four of an anime that I bet only Connor will ever heard of called Maps. Um, and it was like some sci-fi anime thing, and I couldn't find the first two episodes. So I was like, "Well," and it was called what again? Map M A P S. 
He's Googling. He's Googling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, because it sounded familiar, but I just I didn't remember what it looked like. Yeah. So it the cover was kind of kooky. So I was like, well, this looks cool. Mom said I can get a DVD to watch or whatever VHS back in the day to watch. And so I'm going to get maps and watch it. And that was another one where I saw episodes three and four. I had no idea what was going on, but it was still really, really cool. So I ended up just waiting for that one as well. That's another one I had to wait on until I was much older. And then I stumbled across it again in a reference somewhere. And I was like, Maps, that was an old blockbuster thing I watched that I never found the rest of. It turns out, I think it was only like five episodes in the OVA. And... So I found the episodes and I watched. I was like, okay, that was kind of worth the wait. I actually like this. <laughs> okay, so the DVD that I ended up buying in Dollar General, it was the final volume, and I watched that for whatever reason. Um, just because I just wanted to watch any anime that I could find. It was called Magical Meow Meow Taruto. And to this day, I haven't seen the entire anime. I've just seen the last few episodes. Hold up. What is this called? Magical Meow Meow Taruto. I found it on Wikipedia. Okay. Cat girl, a beginning of series, moves to new house in huge city with owner Iori Monaco and niece Kanako. Yeah, that looks Turtle like a should, yeah. Making friends and exploring her new home. This sounds like you. <laughs> well, I found it in Dollar General. The final in reality, Taruto is a legendary princess with special magical powers. Almost none of Taruto's friends believe this is capable of using this magic, or this is a princess from a faraway kingdom. But Taruto is determined to prove them wrong, no matter what happens. That sounds like you. <laughs> Maybe we should finish it. Let's find it. <laughs> we have the technology to find it. Yeah. Let's watch this. <laughs> Kara watches an old anime that she never got to finish from her childhood. Okay, so we have to like get together and watch it on Discord one night. Like everyone live stream it, then we're gonna do like a podcast on it just because of that. Another another one that I never finished was Moonface. Never heard of that one either. That one also has a cat girl. <laughs> what if you and the cat girls? <laughs> She's a vampire too. Wait. It sounds like fan fiction now. Mid two thousands vampires. What else is new? <laughs> it was called Sukuyomi Moonface. Were any of sounds these like ever a... on Anime Network on Demand? Wait, what? Were any of these ever on the Anime Network on Demand? I don't know. Because, man, if you're talking about bottom of the barrel. Everyone just dumping their anime, their own wanted anime onto a service. That was the channel right there. <laughs> There's some good ones, but man, that was just. That was rough. And I was more sad that I only got the on demand network and not the actual network. I'm like, how are you going to promote this network but not have the actual channel? I don't want the on demand, I want the actual channel. <laughs> if you get the chance I'm going to link it in our discord uh, under staff chat watch the opening to this opening to Sukuyomi moon phase and tell me if this was something that would would be appropriate to for an 11 12 year old to watch 
I think we should post it in the anime channel. I'll post it in the anime channel as well. Do it. I, I think the rest of our viewers needs to see it. Um, you know, crap. on the subject of uh, of everyone talking about how they were scrambling to get anime, uh, you know what really, you know, what I ended up doing a lot of? Home video. A blockbuster. Uh, there's this place near my house called Great American, which is still there. Great American is still there in Milwaukee, Oregon. If you're in the Portland area, go down into Milwaukee, drive down King Road, and go say hi to the fine folks. Go say hi to Ian over at uh, Great American Video. It's a great place. They do drive through espresso. Uh, that's, they are the only video store left in Milwaukee. The only legit one left because they have a drive through and because they do movies and they are still open during the pandemic. Wow. Because they've got because they have a drive through. And they are able, they are able to run their business that way. It's been tough for them, but you know, having that espresso thing, they, they had an old bank building. Uh, and they had the drive-through teller, so they used that. Anyway, this place was really big for me because, you know, money wasn't something I had a ton of when I was in middle school. So being able to rent like five movies for five dollars and have them for seven days was big especially if it was anime especially if it was like an anime series like berserk i could rent all of berserk and watch it all in like one weekend if i wanted to granted if that's a good idea for one's mentality i wouldn't know that's an awful lot to take in in one weekend <laughs> for someone in middle school <laughs> Oh, that eclipse arc. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, so there was that place. There was this other place that's also still around called Movie Madness in Portland, in southeast Portland on Belmont. Now, Movie Madness, which is still there, it's a nonprofit now, helped along by the Hollywood Theater. Um, they have pretty much everything. Um, foreign films. Um, they had their own little back area called the Psychotronics. And that was where the horror, the sci-fi, the cult movies, and the anime was. Uh, there was a lot of anime. There was a lot of anime that I'd never seen before. Um, that place helped me because there was such a wealth of everything. I could just grab anything left and right. They had anime in the kids' section, and then there was the non-kids' section. But hey, kids' section anime, I could still watch stuff. There was some, like, police space future police metro i forgot the name of it it's so it was some old space police ova thing um and then there was lock the superpower which was based off of an old manga it's about like a psychic esper guy named lock and he's like i don't know immortal or something it was pretty good i don't remember it very well and then, you know, they, uh, I, I, once I started going to the back area, well, that's where they had all of the Sailor Moon stuff. That's where they had um, Maho Tsukaitai, Magic Users Club, which is a great, honestly underrated anime. I really like Magic Users Club. It's very cute. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And they had it there. It was the only place that I knew of that had it there. They, they had Cutie Honey. They had Hakenden. They had... Gosh, they had all this stuff. They had things that um, I'd never seen before. 
And so it was really an amazing way. They had all of Robotech. I watched Robotech when I was a kid. I rented it all from there. I saw the whole series. And it was just, it was amazing. And I was very, very lucky to have this place that just catered to movies of all types in general. But like to have a dedicated anime section back then in the late 90s, it simply did not exist anywhere else to have like a big anime section. You had Akira, you had Bubblegum Crisis, you maybe had Totoro, and like the Street Fighter 2 anime, and that was it. Uh, for example, when I was out in Pendleton, Oregon, out in the desert, I'd go to my grandpa's ranch when I was a kid a lot, spent about half my life there. I would go there, and the one anime that I was allowed to rent that didn't have an Off for Kids sticker was one volume of Ranma One Half, and it was the episode where uh, there's these cookies and everyone keeps trying to steal them, and Akane gets mad because Ranma doesn't eat them, but then he eats them at the end, and then she's happy. There and it's some after Akane if they're trying to steal them. <laughs> no, uh, Kuno <laughs> wanted them. <laughs> Kuno wanted them. Oh yeah, so we've all definitely have had great times. Uh, kind of any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Hmm. Y'all are lucky to live in the age that you do. <laughs> yeah, I guess coming back to what we were talking about, about you know what we grew up on and what future generations will grow up on as time goes on. You know, like what you like. Don't let anyone say otherwise. Yeah. Um, definitely take what he said to heart. Um, I've seen so many younger kids who are who started off their first anime with like Hitalia, and then they, once Hitalia was no longer the popular thing at the convention circuit, those kids had forced themselves to stop liking Hitalia or to like it less and start focusing on the new b big thing that everyone loved. And I honestly feel like a lot of those kids um, lost a bit of what made their first anime so special because they weren't able to really stay and enjoy it for as long as they naturally wanted to. Because we're entering an age of fast media consumption where, you know, we're getting simulcasts, we're getting more anime than ever before. It's more than we've ever really seen in the past. I mean, you know, when we were growing up, if we had more than four anime at a time coming out, that's a huge thing for us on the fan server end. So just just kind of like what you like. Do um, just enjoy it. It's good medium. Not everyone will like the same thing as you do. Not everyone will have the same opinion as you do about a certain thing. Um, but just respect and love one another. Uh, we're all nerds. Uh, there's a guy in our local uh, MechaCon community here in New Orleans. Uh, he'll he'll begin every cosplay contest every year with uh, look look to the left and right of you. You're all like a family. You're all nerds. You're all one. All the infighting, all that stuff doesn't matter. So just be happy. Celebrate your nerdiness. And for me, personally, thanks for 18 awesome years of AS, and I look forward to the next 18. God bless me if I get that far. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyone else? 
Yeah, I think you've said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if no one else, that has been our 50th episode of AS Declassified. Definitely look for a lot more in the future. Uh, definitely be on the lookout for more of our content on the website coming out soon throughout the week. And yeah, no, we'll catch you guys all later. Till then. I think our next scheduled thing on Twitch will be Kara. No. Eric's uh, stream on Wednesday night, and then Kara on Thursday, and then us on Friday again for Left 4 Dead. Sorry, Mig. No, I was going to say, yeah, no, keep an eye out on everything. Uh, hit the follow button on the uh, Twitch. Hit that heart, hit that bell. Until then, we'll catch you guys all later. Hell yeah, Hi. see you around. Farewell. Goodbye.